Hello. We are so excited that you've decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook and YouTube under Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street in Burgall, North Carolina. The zip code is 28425. If you'd like to give a donation, you can simply go to our website at mtdm.org and click on that donation button. God bless you. Come and go over that again. And we were talking about on last week, knowing that you can come to God in prayer. God wants us to know that we can come to him. And sometimes the enemy wants us to feel as if we can't go to God because of our shortcomings or because of, um, you know, anything we did or anything that we have said. But God wants us to know that he's a loving father. And no matter what we did or how we do it, we can still come to him knowing that he love us and he's there for us. I went over Hebrews four fourteen through 16. Let's go back there. Hebrews four fourteen through 16. I'm reading out the expanded Bible. It says, therefore, since we have a great high priest, Jesus, the son of God, who has gone into, ascended to, or passed through heaven or the heavens, let us hold on firmly to the faith we have, the confession, the profession of our faith. For our high priest is able to understand, to sympathize with our weaknesses. He was tempted in every way that we are, but he did not sin. Let us then feel very sure that we can come before confidentially approach God's throne where there is grace, where there is grace. There we can receive mercy and grace to help us when we need it. So the first thing that we got to know is that we can go boldly to the throne. Um, to God's throne. Why? Because of what Jesus done, not because of us, but because of Jesus. That's why they say Jesus is the high priest in the old Testament. Um, the high priest, he was the one that went um, to God on the behalf of the people and on behalf of himself for their sins. And this is what Jesus um, did for us. He's interceding on our behalf. So that's why we can approach God's throne to find that um, grace, to find mercy in our time of need. So don't ever think that you cannot go to God because of something you did or because of something you have said. Jesus fulfilled everything that needed to be fulfilled by his death, burial, and resurrection. So don't be ashamed to go to God. He's a loving father. He want us to come to him because he know what we're in the need of before we ask. 1 John five thirteen through 15. This is the expanded Bible again. I write this letter. I have written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so you will know you have eternal life. And this is the boldness, the confidence we have in God's presence before God that if we ask God for anything that agrees with what he wants, he hears us. And if we know he hears us every time we ask him and whatever we ask, we know we have what we ask for him. We can go to God in boldness and assurance because of Jesus. And as long as we go to him asking according to his will, asking according to his word, we should have a surety 
a certainty that we know that we have what we have asked for. If we can put our focus on what Jesus have done on our behalf, if we can put our focus on who we are now that we're in Christ, no matter what happens in our lives, we know we can still go to God. How? In the name of Jesus. And he will hear us according to his word. Remember, God has forgiven us of past, present, and future sins. Does this mean that we keep on doing what we do? No, because the more you um, come to know what God has done through Jesus Christ, you wouldn't want to sin no more. That's knowing him as your father. That's knowing him um, in a way um, of experiencing him of spending time with him, of being in fellowship with him, doing all of that, you wouldn't want to do what you used to do no more. So this is why we have to stay in constant fellowship with him so that we can live that Zoe life so we will know that we have the eternal life that Jesus has supplied for us. Go to 1 John three twenty through 21. 1 John 3, 20 through 21, it says, This is the way. By this we know that we belong to the way of truth. And our hearts make us, if our hearts make us feel guilty, we can still have peace before God. Our hearts can be reassured before him. God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. What this is talking about in 1 John 3, it starts off talking about that when we know him, it's really the fellowship in the beginning, you know, we don't want to sin. And that's really talking about our spirit, our being born again. We're born again by the spirit of God. So that part of us, we, we don't want to sin. And in order for us to connect with that part, we have to renew our mind, not being conformed to this world, but being you what? Transformed, changed by the renewing of our mind. Then we will connect with the born again um, spirit that comes from God and we can live a life without keep on sinning, you know, each time. But then it goes to tell us that because that we are born of God, the way Jesus laid down his life for us, we should want to lay down our life for our brethren. And that's the love of God, the love that God has shown us by laying down his life for us, which was Jesus. Then it goes to tell us that this is the way we know that we belong to the way of truth. How? Because if we see our brother or sister in need and we know that they are in need, we don't just walk away from that need. We show compassion. We show the love of God towards them, not only in word, but in deed. That means we can speak a thing, but until we do a thing, it's just like we haven't spoken it. So if you see your brother or sister in need, the love of God that's in you would not go past them. You would fulfill that need, not even looking at yourself, but looking at your brother and sister. That's why the verse says, this is the way we know that we belong to the way of truth. Because we're showing that love, we're showing that compassion unto that brother or sister that's in need. I don't know about you, um, sometimes we can be so wrapped up, wrapped up in what we need that somebody can be before us telling us what they need and we just go past that. Because we're so wrapped up in, I have to have this, I have to have that, if I give you this, I won't have that. 
that's not allowing the love of God to flow through you because when you see somebody in need, you lay down your life just like Christ laid down his life for us. And you're not looking at you. You're looking at the need of that person. That's how you know that you're born again. That's how you know that you know um, the truth, the way of truth. That's dealing with salvation, being born again. Then it says, when our heart make us feel guilty. Now, sometimes um, that's our heart. That's our conscience. When our conscience make us feel guilty, it's condemning us. It's making us feel guilty because God has given us a conscience to let us know right from wrong. So when we know that that brother or sister has come to us and we turn them away, then we be guilty we feel guilty we feel convicted but this is what the word is saying we can still have peace before God what's going on is God does not condemn us we get conviction from our conscience but that is not God that's coming from our conscience which tells us what's right and what's wrong but God is not going to condemn you because God does not condemn us our conscience will make us feel guilty or wrong but even though our conscience is making us feel guilty or wrong the Bible says God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything what does that mean God looked past all of that He's all-knowing. He know what our intent was. God is the only one that can rightfully judge us. He's greater than our conscience. So we don't look um, to the conscience. We look to God, and that's how we still have peace because he's not going to condemn us even if we did something that we should not have done. God don't condemn us for that. So what we need to do is recognize what we done wrong, close that door to shut off that conscience from keep condemning us. Because if you don't, things keep coming in. Well, you should have done this. You only think of yourself. You just selfish. And it makes you feel worthless. It makes you feel useless. And what happens? It stops the flow of God from flowing through you. But when we remember what Jesus done and how he laid down his life, guess what? Change began to come. We began to open up even more freely and recognize, yes, what I did was wrong, but that does not stop God from doing what God promised that he would do. So remember that. No matter what you do, it's not going to stop God. What stops us is a guilty conscience. And we cannot allow our guilt to overtake us because we have to remember God is greater than our hearts. He knows all things. He knows your intents. He knows everything about us. So we have to look to him. We cannot look to us. We look to him. And then it goes on to say, my dear friends, if our hearts do not make us feel guilty, condemn, convict us, we will come, we can come without fear into God's presence, have boldness, confidence before God. So when our heart does not condemn us, oh, we can go freely to God. We can, you know, talk to God in prayer. We don't have no problem. We don't have no blockers. But notice the difference. When our hearts, when our conscience condemn us, we feel like we're not worthy enough. We feel like we got to really lay everything out on the line before we can even talk to God. That's what the enemy wants. He wants us to keep um, feeling guilty, to keep feeling unworthy. He wants that to happen so it can be a block between us and God. So remember, nothing can separate us 
from the love of God. No matter what we do or how we do it, it's not going to separate us from the love of God. Because God loved us this, um, just that much that he laid down his life while we were yet sinners. He died for us. While we were doing what we were doing, he proved his love for us even while we were in sin. So the enemy wants us to stay there because he don't want us to receive what God has already provided for us. And this is why when we go into prayer and our um, conscience is, is condemning us over and over again. Well, you know, you, sh- you didn't pray long enough. If you pray um, longer, maybe God will answer you. Well, you didn't fast long enough. Well, if you fast longer, maybe you get a result. Well, you know what? You miss your tithe. So the reason why you, you miss your tithe, so God is not going to bless you. Those are lies from the enemy. The enemy want us to feel condemned because when we feel condemned, we feel trapped. We feel like if we didn't don't do this then God's not going to do this it's putting us back up under the law and he knows it so what we have to remember is God has already forgiven us amen let's look at Romans 8 1 therefore there is now no condemnation guilt guilt or wrong for those who are in Christ Jesus so this is what we got to understand now that we're born again There is therefore now no condemnation. God does not make us feel guilty. He does not make us feel wrong. God does not condemn us. If anybody told you that God condemned us, that's a lie from the pit of hell. But then it goes, who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the spirit. This is talking about your flesh. It will bring condemnation because if you are doing something outside of the word of God, guess what? Conviction is going to come. This condemnation is going to come. It's going to make you feel guilty and wrong. All of us know when we do wrong because we feel that guilt. We know when we said something to somebody that we should not have said to somebody because we feel that guilt, right? But then we have to be reassured by who we are now that we're in Christ. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So when we are reassured of that, we can have that peace and that confidence, not only to go to God, but go to that person that we have offended because we know who we are now that we're in Christ. It's just that simple. But the more we... Um, feel as if I'm not going to them. They need to come to me. They did this or they did that. That's what the enemy is using as a tactic to keep you from hearing what God needs for you to hear through the Holy Spirit. So we want to make sure that we walk according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh. Now, when we walk according to the Spirit, we are led by what? The Spirit of God. And that means we are the sons of God. But the enemy know if I can keep you in your flesh, I can keep um, you from hearing. I can keep you from receiving what God has already provided. John 3.17 is proof here that says, For indeed, God did not send his Son into the world to judge the world guilty, condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus did not come to condemn. He came to save. So we as disciples, followers of Jesus Christ, learners of Jesus Christ, we do not condemn people when they do something wrong. 
We don't keep saying, if you hadn't have done this, this wouldn't have happened. It is your fault. This is why everything always happened. It's because of you. You just don't listen. If we keep bringing it on and bringing it on, the enemy is using us to bring condemnation and make that person feel like they're worthless, they're useless, they're not good enough for God to use. They're not fit for the master's use. We are fit for the master's use because of Jesus and not because of us. Now, when we know these things, we will turn away from sin we won't keep doing the same thing that we have done before this is why the enemy does not want you to know who you are now that you're in Christ he wants you to feel like you're worthless he wants you to feel guilty he wants you to feel wrong all the time he wants you to feel that you're not holy we're made holy by the blood of the lamb not by anything that we would do. And when we know these things, we will live a holy life. We would live a separate life. Our life would be separate. It would be different. This is why you don't hang with people that don't know God, not unless you hanging with them to, you know, let them know who he is. To let them know who you're serving. The life you live should speak for you. If you're hanging with people that don't know God and you acting like they're acting, they feel like you're not where you need to be. So why do I need to be born again? You acting like me. You talking like me. You're living like I'm living. So what do you have that I don't have? This is why there must be a separation. And sometimes we can hang with people for so long, it becomes so much a part of us, we feel like it's normal. We feel like we're not doing anything until you get around a person that's spiritually minded. And when you're around that person, that person say, you're not right. That's not who you are. Why are you sounding like that? Why are you acting like that? That's not who you are. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You are the righteousness of God um, through Jesus Christ. You reminding them of who they are. You reminding them of their identity. You're not condemning them and making them feel worthless or, or guilty. You're sharing with them their identity. Romans 8.34 says... Who can say God's people are guilty, condemned, pronounced punishment? No one, because Christ Jesus died, but he was also raised from the dead, and now he's on God's right side hand, appealing to God, interceding, pleading for us. So who can say God's people are guilty? See, this is what the enemy wants. He wants a lot of guilt and condemnation on us, and I believe um, sometimes we put it on ourselves. We spend most of our time in prayer begging God to forgive us. We spend most of our time in prayer saying, God, you know, I want to do like everybody else. God, the word don't come to me like it comes to everybody else. God, why am I different? God, I feel worthless. What do I need to do, God, to get you to um, give me what need to be given to me? Sometimes we make our own self feel guilty and wrong. And we shouldn't be spending our time going to God trying to, um, how can I say it, make God put us in a place that we're already in. We shouldn't use the word to learn scriptures to let people know, I'm not worthless. I know the scriptures like you know. When you get around people and you hear them talking about God, do you feel worthless? Do you feel condemned? Do you feel like you don't know what those people know? Do you feel left out and then the enemy put it on you and say, it's no point of you saying anything. You can't even tell them what the scripture is. So it makes you feel alone. It makes you feel like 
They know more than I know. See, the enemy is condemning you. He's making you feel guilty. You don't even remember what you read last night. And then we agree with the enemy. So this is why we have to know who we are now that we're in Christ. Let's look at John 8. This is the um, last scripture I went over and it's talking about, y'all know the woman that they were condemning because she had slept um, with a man and they had brought her to Jesus. And Jesus um, told them, basically, he who have not sinned, let him cast the first stone. They had to throw that, their stones down. Why? Because they know they had sinned. But Jesus asked her, where are your accusers? She said, they're not here. And he said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. So this proves, what I wanted to prove with this teaching is to let you know that we can come to God because God is not a condemning God. God does not condemn us. God loves us. And he proved that by giving his only begotten son. So when you go to God in prayer, you should not go to him feeling guilty or wrong. You should go to him because you know that he's a loving father. You should go to him because you know that he knows what you're in the need of before you ask. You should go to him with confidence and a surety, letting the devil know um, God has already made a way for me. Even before I approach God, God has already answered me. So we got to know these things. He said, If you call on me, I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things that you don't know. Our problem is we get so guilty dealing with different things that we said or different things that we've done. We feel like God is not going to give us what we go into him for. He's already given it to us through his son. So what we have to do is renew our minds according to who we are now that we're in Christ Jesus, knowing what God's will is, and then we can go in prayer with confidence, and we don't have to sit there and try to conjure up something to get God to do anything because God has done everything that he needs to do. I remember before I learned all of this, before I would go to God, I would sit and think about, okay, what have I done or what have I said? God, I feel like I'm not hearing you. God, how am I missing you? God, what else I need to do for you to answer me? God, why aren't you answering me? I don't understand. And the enemy was just putting thoughts in my head. Well, if you had done it this way, if you had done it that way, or sometimes we can listen to other people that may say they have a prayer life and they always go before the throne, before God, and God always show them miraculous things and these things happen to them in prayer and while they're talking about all that in your mind you're saying well God why haven't they happened to me how do you know those things have really happened to them sometimes people will tell you things um, that's happening in their lives that may not really be happening the enemy could be using them to make you feel more guilty this is why the more time we spend in fellowship with God getting to know who he is and getting to know what we have um, God has given us through his son, we won't be in guilt and condemnation. We will be walking in freedom because we know that the son has set us free. Amen. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So remember, there is now no condemnation to those that are in Christ. I'm not saying that You just keep on sinning, keep doing what you're doing, because the more you keep doing what you're doing, the more guilt, the more conviction is going to come. 
but that does not come from God. That's what I want to tell you tonight. That is not God talking to you. That is the enemy using those things to make you feel that God is not a loving God, to make you feel that God is condemning you. And that's keeping you far from God. Instead of you coming to God, you running from God. So remember, God does not condemn. If anybody told you God condemns, that's a lie. God does not condemn you. That is your conscience and which God gave us a conscience so we'll know what's right and what's wrong. But we can defile our conscience by doing things outside of the word of God. Everybody know what they do. Everybody know what they say. Everybody know what they shouldn't do. Everybody know what they should not say. Even if you don't open this Bible, we know the difference between right and wrong. And when you do something wrong, you're going to get convicted of the wrong that you done. But the way the Holy Spirit convicts us, he convicts us of righteousness to put us back in right standing with God to let us know who we are now that we're in Christ. And that's why we can have that peace. Even when we mess up, we can still have that peace because we knew that God have already forgiven us. Isn't that awesome? So we shouldn't allow people to make us feel guilty or wrong either. We should let them know I'm a child of the King. I have been forgiven for past, present, and future sins and just cut it off. (laughs) You don't even have to debate. So I thank God um, that even through this in prayer, we have to know that we can approach God. Amen. There's nothing that's um, keeping us from approaching God but ourselves. And blockers. That those blockers, we talked about those blockers. Unforgiveness, we want to get rid of that. How? Through the word of God. So if there's anything that's blocking you, the Holy Spirit will show you what's blocking you, what's keeping you from coming to the throne of grace to find what? Mercy in your time of need. Amen? Is there anybody tonight that want to share dealing with condemnation and, and how you have felt? We already got a call. Isn't that lovely? How you doing, Pastor? Good. How are you? Good. I can't really um, talk long because I'm at work. But I just want everybody to know that um, God is real because I had like um, three times that God came to me. And the first time, I was working like on my nighttime, on my daytime job. And then as soon as I get off work, I go to my next job. And I really be outside like all by myself during the night. And then like, I got, like, different forces just talking to me, talking about I didn't create my job or I was trying to chase money to put power first. But to make a long story short, I went and listened to him, and then the next day I got in a car accident. My whole, I mean, my whole body just shut down and I fell asleep. The second time, I tried to commit suicide, and I had a gun, but the gun didn't ever go off. And there were cars trying to tell me that, yeah, something and stuff in my life that you want me to do. But uh, I got in my word and for a while, and I kind of like stopped, man. I kind of, you know, bought off a little bit more. So the third time, I got hit by an 18-wheeler, and the truck had a whole car to my stand. And I brought the baby with no scratches or nothing. And God told me that he had big plans for me, that one brings people in and carry out the gospel. 
I'm not God, I know that. I'm not ashamed of God. Like Luke 9, 26 says, Who shall ever be ashamed of me? And my words of him shall not shall the Son of Man be ashamed. And he shall come in his own glory. But I'm not ashamed, and I love God. And ever since then, before I go to bed, I put God first by two or three hours. Before I get up and go to work, I put God first. And ever since then, everything has been great. So all God wants just for you to get in with this every time, and everything you see a big change. That's all you're asking for. Amen. Thank you, Carlos. You're welcome. I believe I was hearing Carlos say the different times. Did you hear what he was saying? Can you explain it? What I can make out different times he got in situations how one time he tried to attempted to take his life and God told him he had a call for him on his life and he talked about how um, bringing people in to Christ and then he said how now he spent time with God before he go to bed and also when he get up in the morning and everything's been going great so it looks as if um, there must have been some condemnation some guilt that the enemy was using what he was saying through work yeah through work so he felt like he wanted to commit suicide at one time you know what gets me is Sometimes we can be around people all the time and we can judge them wrongly because everybody mess up. Everybody in here has messed up. My mess up may not be like your mess up, but it's a mess up. So what people do, they grade on a curve. If, if I mess, my mess up was bigger than your mess up, yours don't look as bad as mine. See, that's why God is greater than our conscience. He's greater than our hearts. We have no right condemning nobody. We have no right putting somebody out there because they done something that they knew that they shouldn't do. How many times have we done something that we know that we should not do, but we think it's all right versus what they have done? Sin is sin, y'all. So the enemy is going to use sin no matter little or big. It ain't no little or big. It's just sin. He's going to use that to condemn us, to make us feel guilty and wrong, to make us feel worthless and useless. So we need to think about um, things before we try to hit somebody upside the head with what they've been doing. Because all of us have fallen short to the glory of God. It is because of Jesus Christ that we can approach that throne of grace and mercy and find help in the time of need. So we don't need to look at each other because somebody run their mouth more than you run your mouth. Hey, if you run your mouth, you still run your mouth. Even if it's a low tone or it's a high tone, it don't make no difference. I think that all of us have made somebody feel guilty or wrong in some situations. And have not even realized that's condemnation. And that's not God. And sometimes we use correction to make people think we're correcting them with scripture. But we want them to see they mess ups. That's not God either. Jesus did not come to condemn. He came to seek and save those that are lost. Everybody already know what they're doing. But by him coming in in love, I'm telling you, love covers a multitude of sin. So even me, before I look at somebody else, I look at me. And I say, God, is it something that I could have done to prevent what, what's happening right now? Lord, search me to see if it's me. Because sometimes we, we may not think it's us. 
We may be looking at that person so hard, but it could be us that have said something to somebody to get them in a place that they're in. So that's why we need to be led by the Spirit of God. And that's how we know that we are sons of God. Had to repent. Uh, something happened Sunday. It was in a restaurant. My wife corrected me after the fact, but I was trying to make a statement. I, I didn't mean to, but I guess I was trying to make the waitress see her wrong. But anyway, I shouldn't have said it. What happened was when she was taking her order, she said, is, is the table together or separate? I said, well, me and my wife's one ticket area, and my granddaughter's one ticket. She said, okay. So we got through eating, and we got through I told my wife, I said, um, she got it mixed up. She got me and the granddaughter on the ticket. No, she had areas on our ticket. She had Aria and me together and my wife and the, the granddaughter together. So my wife said, you just pay for that and the area people heard and it kind of wash out together. But I was trying to make a point. I told the lady, I said, ma'am, I said, um, you need my ticket wrong. This and that, this and that. She said, okay, I'm sorry. My wife said, honey, you got to tell her. Just pay for the bill. You know, but. It's like she said at night, sometimes we try to make people see their faults, you know, make it, well, I guess I did make her feel bad, like, in a way, but I should have just kept my mouth and just did, like, you know, take care of the bill, and it all washed out the same way. Sometimes we want to prove ourselves. We want to prove that we're right, but actually we're wrong. This is why husbands and wives help one another, and the husband, the wife says, shh. Because when you see something, you help that person. You don't knock them down. You build them up. You encourage them, and you take the time to explain to them. See, something just that simple. And I forgot all about it. But evidently, he was being convicted later. So he'd see how condemnation will come. We try to prove ourselves, and that's a form of pride, y'all. So the enemy used that pride because we want to make sure we always right, and we want somebody else to look wrong. And sometimes people just say, okay. Then later on, you go home and you feel like a fool because you come to yourself and you realize, dang, I shouldn't have done that like that. But God give you the opportunity to go back and say, you know what? That was wrong of me. And I thank God how you humbled yourself. Even when you know I was wrong, you made yourself look wrong. Forgive me. See, the Holy Spirit always come back to have you to go back in and make it right. But sometimes we can be so stubborn, so stuck on ourselves, we feel like we always right and we ain't coming down. That's pride. And where pride is, there will be a fall. Is there anyone else? I'm pretty sure we got some stuff to share now. Anyone else want to talk about condemnation? Okay, I guess nobody else don't want to say nothing, so we good. Is there anyone online that would like to share? Okay, we'll sit still for just a few seconds. Are we all good? Okay. Do we have any announcements before we dismiss? Wasn't that an inspiring message? 
Thanks for listening to the end. Join us every Tuesday for Bible study and every Sunday for service. We're looking forward to hearing from you as well. Feel free to reach out to us via the website at www.mtdm.org. God bless you and we'll see you next time.